When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I am joined this evening by Kev McCluskey to talk about Celtic to Atletico Madrid to Kev. I think the very fact that we're coming into the stream disappointed says everything about tonight's performance. And I'm not just saying the second half performance. We've gone toe to toe. We controlled a large part of that game. It's 2 2. And you're disappointed coming away with a 2 2 because there was a, a real belief for large parts of that game that we could have won the game. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, always in the pre-match in these games, you try and be as confident as you can, but sometimes there's that wee gnawing thought at the back of your mind when you look at the team that you're playing against and you think, by rights, we've got no chance to compete in this game. If you just look kind of player for player, but we absolutely competed in this game and we did it for the full 90 minutes, which was the big thing that we couldn't do last season. We were able to compete for 60, maybe 70 minutes in games last season at this level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but tonight, we've taken a team that's in the, currently fourth in La Liga. They've won the last six games in a row, I think it is. They put seven past Rayo Vallecano at the beginning of the season. They've beaten Real Madrid 3-1. You can list off Atletico Madrid's achievements for this season. But one that they don't have right now is a victory over us because yeah. we put in... A phenomenal performance. Got say 90 minutes, even towards the end when you could see in that midway period of the second half and some of the players were looking a bit tired and the legs were beginning to go. Everyone just dug deep and found that extra 2 3%, whatever it was, that just got them over the line. And why we are, we're sitting here against that team feeling a bit disappointed that we're only leaving with a point that we could have got all three and that is that's the measure of, of, of that performance in that team tonight 
Yeah, definitely. And I think at the weekend you said 2-2. Two, two. Um, you changed that to 2-1. I did, I did on Monday with me and Jerry. We both went for 2-2. Two, two. So our right. first, uh, first prediction is the one that counts. Yeah, OK. Uh, before we get into the action, because I don't think you're right off the second half, I think there's a lot to be uh, discussed. The first thing I'm going to say, right, is, you know, Diego Simone, right? Now, we already know about the history of this fixture and the fact that, you know, the last um, time we were in a European Cup semi-final, we faced Atletico Madrid in Glasgow. They had seven men booked, three sent off, and they were animals, right? Um, not quite the same this time round, I wouldn't say, Kevin. There was obviously the sending off uh, with nine minutes to go. But can I just say, Simone, the guy has no class. He has no class, Kev. He stands on that sidelines with his histrionics and uh, all, all the gesticulating. And he thinks it's all about him, doesn't he? And at the end of the game, which I thought actually was a really good spectacle, if you were to watch it as a neutral, which obviously we weren't, very good game. He, he doesn't even have the decency to embrace with the other manager, shake the other manager. He gives him a wee tap on hand and a wee up the tunnel. I think the guy's a, an absolute rocket. I was going to say something else there. He's a rocket. He has no class. Exactly. There, there was a phrase that you used before we came on air that summed him up pretty well. Um, we will was it, see you next Tuesday, I think you say you would paraphrase that one. Yes. Um, aye. He is. <laughs> After that performance tonight, he is. He's made he made the last few minutes kind of you say the spectacle about him yeah. because of his histrionics. He's got one of his players, his star players, lying down. Now I don't think Griezmann got hit in the head by Phillips at all in that aerial challenge, but he's gone down holding his head. So the ref's doing the right thing. Seeing the player's got to leave the park to get checked out by the doctor because that's a head injury. Mm-hmm. And Simeone's telling his player to stay in the park. If he really has been hit in the head, like he's endangered his own player by those actions. Um, but he's just shown himself up for the character that he is, I suppose, by, by doing something like that. And like you say, right, at the full-time whistle, he didn't even look at Brendan Rodgers, and it doesn't matter who the opposition is, he didn't look at his opposition manager in the eyes after the game and shake his hand. But let's put that as a, a positive spin. We've made him react in that way because he was getting a little bit worried that we might steal the game. Mm-hmm. No, definitely, Kevin. You know, no class whatsoever. Uh, we're not here to make friends as such, but you know what? Be professional, be respectful. No class. Um, and, I, and I'm glad that, that we've got the opposite in our dugout. Um, and I know that a lot of Celtic fans are going through a journey with Brendan Rodgers now, uh, a, a journey of forgiveness and all this kind of stuff, putting every everything behind us. But uh, results and performances like tonight, I think, are fantastic for, for Celtic. Coming into this game, we had to take something out of it. Um, obviously, for a, a large spell of the game, it looked as though we were going to win the game. We want to talk about both halves. Uh, we'll start from the, the very kickoff. I thought Celtic looked absolutely brilliant. We were right, um, you know, down their throats at every opportunity, playing really high, high tempo as well. When we were pushing the high line, Kevin, and we, we spoke about this at half time. Kyogo and Maeda, in particular, uh, the energy that they showed was tremendous, and you know. Three minutes into the game, there's a great move with, with Kyogo and Matt O'Reilly. Matt O'Reilly, man of the moment, uh, running out with superlatives for the guy. Uh, great piece of uh, 
passing movement by both players, actually, and uh, a great finish by Kyogo. The minute it leaves his boot, you see the, the angle from behind the goal. The minute it leaves Kyogo's boot, he knows where it's going. He knows it's going in. Um, there were people that doubted his ability at this level. I think he's proved this season that he has stepped up to Champions League level. Excuse me. He, he definitely has. Like, strikers are always going to be judged on their goals. And he didn't score a Champions League goal last season. didn't matter that he'd scored in Europe the season before because it was in the slightly lesser tournament of the Europa League. But he stepped up this season and that's him got a couple of goals. And he's definitely, he's, he's, he's stamping, he's marking the competition. He's saying that this is where he belongs. To. This is his level. And that goal tonight, it was unreal. I love it when I do a game and the first note that I'm writing down on, my, on the top of the page oh. is... <laughs> Goal. Yeah. <laughs> and I've done that the last two weeks now. In the last two games, first note after three minutes, goal for Celtic. It's uh, it's a great moment. And if, I mean that goal. If we score that goal in the league against Dundee, we're raving about it because it's a brilliant goal. But we've scored that against Atletico Madrid in the Champions League. Like when it really matters, it was a brilliant goal all round. Um, don't want to bring any sort of doom and gloom on the show after a performance like that tonight. But we better just make the most of Matt O'Reilly while we've still got him in those moments. Because I thought his performance tonight has probably put another £5 million on his price tag because he's mixed it with one of the biggest teams in Europe. And he's shown, and he's another one that's showing that this is his level. He's, he's stepped up from last season. And he's now owning games at Champions League level against pretty big opposition. Yeah, he is. And, you know, I think with O'Reilly, there's been a process of a challenge uh, coming his way and then, you know, he rises to meet the challenge. And I think that's been the way all the way through his career. Um, let's go back to obviously leaving Fulham and being without a club. Uh, huge challenge, massive challenge. And he overcomes it. He gets a contract with MK Dons. I'd need to check this, but he was out the game for several months um, and it was during the pandemic. Had to keep himself fit. The motivation behind that, Kevin, is unbelievable for a sports person who doesn't have teammates, doesn't have the facility and he's having to keep himself fit. He goes to MK Dons, he gets noticed by Celtic, of course. That's a step up. And he did it flawlessly when he came into Ange Postacoglu's first team. And then, then you think to yourself, right, OK, he's now going to be playing for a successful team that's winning trophies. And he steps up, does that. The next step up is Europe, European football, I thought, last season. Um, you know, where he was playing the games in place of Callum McGregor, who was injured, and he played a different role. I thought he came through those games really, really well. With flying colours, in fact, gave us an element to his game that we hadn't really seen up to that point. That defensive part of his game, which I thought you'd seen all night tonight. And then he's starting to start. He's, he's the star man in Celtic teams um, at Champions League level, uh, Kevin. So then you think to yourself, what's the next step? The next step's going to be international football, isn't it? He's already made his way into the, the, the Danish national squad. That'll be the next step. But he's that type of player that every single time there's a challenge presented to him, he just knocks it right out of the park, Matt O'Reilly. Yeah, as you're going through that, I'm thinking away as well, and I'm going, he's one of those players that you almost look for the flaw in his game because it's so hard to find. And there's only and one flaw, and do, it's Aerosmith. That's the only flaw. Well, that's it. That is it. Everything else is perfect. Everything else is perfect. 
But I don't know. Well, you do. You look, you look for the flaw in, in, the, in the game of somebody like that because you think he can't be that good. Um, and then every time you think you found one, he just goes and proves you wrong. So we did wonder, could he make the step up from League One football in England to play for Celtic, such a big club in front of 60,000 fans, and he did it, no bother. And then you think, right, he's really good going forward, but we're having to play him as a number six now. Can he hack it in that role? And he steps up and he turns out to be this fantastic number six that yeah. we didn't realise we had. But because of that, he stopped scoring goals. So you think, right, that's his flaw. He can't score goals now. And now this season, he's already scored more than he did in the entirety of last season. And he's still kept that defensive side of his game, but re-adding the attacking qualities. Yeah. And that is just every single time you think, right, we're going to have to test him somehow. He just, he rises and steps up to it. The next one will be international football and he'll play for Denmark pretty soon. He's already been in the squads, like you said. Um, and I reckon he'll be a player that once he gets in, he's not coming back out of the national team squad either. You know, the, the thing with that as well is he's quickly becoming the complete midfielder. You know, there's certain midfielders who, as you say, there's a flaw in the game. It could be a lack of pace. It could be a lack of goals, defensive qualities. But he seems to be adding all of that. Um, and, you know, he is becoming the, the complete midfielder. I don't know if there is a, a, a kind of flaw, an obvious flaw in his game. Uh, Ewan Boy Martin says the second half has been a tough and long watch. Please don't lose where we didn't lose. Um, there was a, a few moments during that, you know, when you look at the tactical change that he made, uh, where he brings off Palmer for Phillips, Brendan Rodgers, we'll be talking about that as well. And that was an hour into the game. And at that, that stage, Kevin, I'm thinking to myself, right, what what is Brendan Rodgers doing here? Is he doing that thing where he kills the game for a period and then he can go hell for leather for the last 15 uh, minutes? That's what I thought was in the, the back of his mind. But then the last 15 minutes, because Atletico had kind of battered us, we looked really leggy. So if that was his plan, I don't think we had the legs. Although we did have some options on the bench. Yeah, um, I was baffled, to be fair, <laughs> when he made that change. Because I didn't think Palmer was having a bad game and he didn't look to be a spent force yet. But then, um, whatever Rogers was thinking when he did it, Give him credit for actually having the guts, the cojones, as Simeone would probably say, to make the change of actually, you know, he's changed shape, he's changed his system in such a big game. Where what we were doing was, was working fairly well. So, yeah, maybe it was the plan was to go with three men at the back, make us pretty solid again because we'd lost a fairly soft goal for 2 2. And then just ease ourselves back into the game over the next 10, 15 minutes and go for it. Mm -hmm. It didn't quite work out that way because, like you say, players began to get leggy and tired, but this is this is going back to something like the Feyenoord performance away when you go, everyone that lasted the 90 minutes put in a big shift big and everyone, everyone um, you know, not one of those players deserved to lose the game. So, excuse me, whatever the thinking was, I'm not quite sure. It was one thing that he'll probably have to explain in a in the press conference. But at the end of the day, as we've said, we've gone toe to toe, which was an expression we used a lot last season. Mm -hmm. but we could only say it for sixty minutes. We've gone toe to toe for ninety minutes, and we haven't lost against one of the top sides in Europe. We've got a result. I think if you were to say it's a game of two halves, the first half Celtic were bold, and in the second half, I thought we were really cautious. 
But as you say, we did get a result. We got a result of sorts. It's just the reason we're disappointed is we thought we could have got a better result. You know what I mean? So it just shows you the confidence that, that Brendan is kind of instilling in us week on week. Now, I want to talk about Phillips because I've seen a few comments coming in and, the, uh, and, and they're surprising me, to be fair. I thought Phillips was solid when he came in. I think he gave us a real solidity at the back. Uh, we've spoken quite a few times about playing three central defenders. There was a, a real unit there. Uh, he, he won headers for fun at the back. I'm not so sure about him going forward, Kevin, but I think that what we've seen tonight is the Phillips and why we've signed um, that 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 player. I think that he did show a lot of quality tonight. Yeah, the going forward thing is definitely going to be where I'll have doubts about him. He looks, he looks comfortable enough when he's got the ball and he's driving forward. He did it a few times and he looked... Like he was going somewhere and then he would stop and try and play a pass and he, he overhit every single one that he went to play in the channel for Johnson to get him behind. But you know, he's not a he's not a forward, he's not an attacking player. He's uh, he's a defender and everything that came his way defensively he dealt with it and he did it pretty well. I've got concerns about his pace at the back. He doesn't look like the quickest guy. But any ball that's in the air that comes that way, he did win it. And yeah. You know, probably that changed. We're talking about going to three at the back. You've got him, who's a bit of a unit. You've got Carter Vickers, who's a bit of a unit. You've got Scales, who's big laddie himself, but also very decent with the ball at his feet. So it's a strong back three to have. And then where then you, know, you still get the width with Taylor and Johnson. So it was a system that, that worked actually for, for the, the time that he, he put it in place. But yeah, to, to go back to Phillips, defensively fine going forward, not his not his strength, but we've got other guys ahead of him that are pretty good at that job. Yeah. So it, it, we shouldn't be relying on our centre-back to be the creative force. What I would say about the, the other central defenders is that up to that point and actually over the, the piece, I think Scales was the best centre-half we had tonight. Um, there was a moment where he does Did a double... Did he get man of the match? Did he get man of the match, did he? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd agree sure. with that. Yeah. That, you know, 76 minutes in, there's a double tackle in the box where Scales wins both tackles. I thought he was he was brilliant tonight. Um, but you know what? That sometimes players go under the radar a wee bit, and I think Joe Hart and his performance probably will go under the radar. He saves a penalty tonight, but he also makes a really good save, a big save, um, about 76 minutes into the game as well, Kevin. Uh, we spoke about him before the game. We spoke about him at the uh, 12.30 bulletin today. And I thought he had a really, really good game today, Joe Hart. You know, there was no hearts and mouths moments when he was called upon, he makes the save. Um, it was a very good save for the penalty. And then I remember when when the re- rebound was scored, I'm thinking to myself, which defender has to, there's no way the defender, because it came back, it ricocheted off the post, it came back at such a pace, no one was going to get to that ball before Atletico Madrid did. So I think special mention to Joe Hart, uh, but but for me, Liam Scales, another challenge. We're talking about players growing and improving and developing. Another challenge for Scales, I think he's came through. That's probably his best game at this level, I would say, for Celtic. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, he's, he's another one that's just doing it, isn't he? Um, I've got to say, like, we don't share each other's notes before we come on and we don't have a script, but I've got 76 minutes, big safe heart, which is exactly what you just how you described it. Um, but that, that was a massive minute in the game because he makes that save, like careers turned, kind of Vickers inside out in the box yeah. and it's a massive save. And then it's 30 seconds later when Scales does his double tackle. So that's a minute in which we could have lost the game, but we mm-hmm. didn't because of those two. But I, Scales, excuse me, every challenge has been put in front of him so far this season, another one who's just risen to it. And every time even you think the challenge is going to be too much for him, that's when he seems to have his best game. Now, if you were looking at the squad at the start of the, the Champions League season and you're thinking, we're going to go into a game against Atletico Madrid, Liam Scales at the back. You're not very confident. You're shaking yeah. your head right now. I, I had him sold. I had him conversations. sold. He was yes. I had him sold. You know, and Aye. the fact that, again, going back to the Matt O'Reilly discussion that we had at the top of the show, he's a player that, okay, you, you look at him and you think, I didn't think he played a very good game against St. Johnston. And then nothing each game at Celtic Park. There was two occasions where he's been rinsed by an 18-year-old and a 19-year-old, I think, on loan at St. Johnson. And if it wasn't for Joe Hart, we would have lost that game. That was late in the game. And I just thought to myself, up to that point, he looked pretty steady. But from there on in, he has played every 90 minutes of football for Celtic. He's never missed a minute for Celtic. And I think that speaks volumes. You know, Brendan Rodgers has said that he's his biggest surprise of his coaching career. Um, And he deserves all the plaudits that that are coming his way. I think what we did see as a player in Phillips tonight, that we've not really been discussing him. We've been talking about the return of Navrovsky. We've not been talking about Nat Phillips all that much. It's almost as if, all right, we don't really need him now. He was an emergency loan. Come January, he'll go back to Liverpool because we've got loads of centre-halves now. But I think he's came in and, and you've looked at him and thought, right, well, I'd play him before Lagerbjelk, for sure. Um, and when Navrovsky comes back, we're just going to have to see how he integrates into the, the system. But I'm going to bring up a couple of points, which I do agree with. Barry O'Sullivan says, well done, boys. Uh, We need to have more quality coming off the bench to win at this level. This was a conversation we had all last season about the ability of Ange Postecoglou at 60, 65 minutes to make five substitutions and change the tempo and the momentum of a game. We didn't have that tonight, and and I think it really did show, Kevin. Um, Phyllis Kirk says our recruitment wasn't good enough this season. No players on the bench to change the game. I think it's a decent point. You know, if you buy nine players, you want at this stage to have more than one, i.e. Palmer, who can actually change a game. 
Yeah, so when we were about to make the change with 10 minutes to go and Forrest's coming on. Nothing against Forrest, by the way. Yeah. Forrest, I think he did well when he came on, so nothing against him coming on. But obviously the camera pans over to the bench and you see there's action there, there's a player getting ready, it's James Forrest, and I'm thinking, okay, that's fine, I don't mind it, him coming on. I'd make another change, though. I'd bring on two players just now because you could see... Like the players were getting leggy, they were tiring, and I couldn't think who my other substitution would be because there was no one there that you're thinking if we if we bring O on, is he going to change the game? If we bring Yang on, is he going to be the one that does it? And it is the one area we were probably lacking at the moment. It's just that strength and depth of of quality that can do it. But if we want to talk about players that came off the bench who did make an impact then Bernardo's your man we spoke yeah. about him at half time he came on obviously very early on after what was it just five six minutes or something like that but I've got a wee note about him just says I think I'm going to enjoy watching Bernardo playing for Celtic especially in the European nights he looks like he could be a really special player as well and he's yeah. he's quite a young guy is he not just a 21 18 no Playing for under 21. Or 21, can you? Yeah. You could be 20 or 21. <laughs> so he's just a young lad still. But you can tell there's a player in there. He's got he's got a good physique about him. He's got a good bit of fight in him as well. He was throwing himself into a few tackles. He wasn't scared to hold back. And on the ball, I think he looks really impressive as well. So that's the type of the type the type of player the recruitment team needs to be looking at. The guy that's that kind of age. Maybe being underlooked and undervalued at the club he's at, but has that not even potential because I think he's just got the ability now. He just needs a club that trusts in him, and we need to be that club for for more players. You know, when when I think about him, he needs to wear a different colour of boots than Matt O'Reilly so we can identify who's who because they do look very similar. Uh, but yeah, he was involved um, a few times. He was pulled up by the ref, but it showed that he was willing to to get in about. Uh, the kind of physical aspect of it. We've been talking for long enough, Kev, about the midfield lacking a bit of physicality. And I think it gave you that. Um, again, it was a moment where, where he's thrown into play after five minutes and you're thinking that's a blow, real attacky, you know, um, big player for us over the last couple of games. This is the stage that, as a player, I think he believes he belongs at Champions League level. And it's all about, right, shows what you can do five minutes in. You know, he's in tears as he comes off the park. And Bernardo gets the, the nod. And we were we were kind of talking about Awata and uh, the value of Awata to the squad. But I do believe that if Awata had come on, then the tempo of the game would have changed. You know, that, I think that's a good change to make 15 minutes from the end, Awata. But, you know, when you're talking about making an impact sub, yeah, absolutely. I mean, James Forrest was the only player that played against Atletico Madrid the last time we played them in Europe, 2011. He played in that game. Um, but, you know, he's at that stage of his career. He's not going to be giving me a blistering run down the, the, the right wing or the left wing now and all that kind of stuff. I think that he was praised highly by Rodgers after his performance against Hearts. And after that game, I said that he's going to be deployed in, you know, a, a number of games this season. He's not going to start many games, but he's going to be used. He's definitely got the confidence of the gaffer. But I do share the, the concerns there. Who is that man that can come on and change a game? We used to have Yakamakis who could do it. I don't think we've got that type of player on the bench at the moment. When Abada comes back, that gives you another option, of course. You know, Abada might be playing from the start. So you would either have Abada 
or indeed Palmer on the bench would be a, a good move. But a couple of players isn't enough. So I do agree with that. And I think it does come down to a hit or miss kind of transfer window um, in the summer there. Now, Ridiculizer comes in. What a horrible team they are. We started the discussion actually with that same uh, point about Simone. Uh, we should fear no one after the tactics they had to employ to steal a point. Very proud of the boys. You know what? I, I think that is the message that's come clear from tonight's performance, Kevin. We shouldn't fear anybody. We've played the three teams in the group, um, albeit one of them's been away from home, you know, against uh, Feyenoord. But there really isn't anything to fear there. I know that it's going to be tough in Rome, um, but I don't think we're going to finish the, the, the group with one point on the board. I think incremental improvements is what this is all about. And as disappointing it has, as it's been, we've got a draw tonight. Right, we've got a draw, and we've seen games like that going the other way many, many times. So I'm going to see that as a positive. We've seen two games go like that already in the group stage this season, so you don't even have to look that far far in the past for your precedent. Um, but we were coming into this game with zero points from two games. We could easily have had four, and no one would have been able to complain about that. That's probably what we deserve from those the opening two games. Uh, and now we've got our first point. We could have had all three tonight. We are making progress. It's just we'll never make the progress as quickly as we want to as fans because we want to win every game. Yeah. And we take we take Roger's comments at the start of the season or when he's going to his first press conference and he says that he wants to make progress in Europe. He wants to take us take us forward. But what did that actually mean? I mean, you could argue that we're having. Um, we're having a better Champions League campaign this season than last, potentially, because we're, we're it's to use that phrase again, we're going toe-to-toe with teams, but we're now doing it for 90 minutes, and we're not doing it for 60 minutes. We've now got a game plan in place that's not just pretty to watch, but it's actually it's clever, and it's allowing us to compete for longer. So maybe the progress that we're making isn't the progress that as the fans you want to see in terms of winning the games necessarily getting the points on the board but it's slow it's incremental and maybe just maybe next season is the season where we break all the ducks we get a win we get a win away from home we get out of a group or we, be, we become a team that's no longer a laughing stock because we had become that over the years and slowly the reputation is coming back and the more we play like we did tonight the more we'll get Celtic Park back to being that kind of fortress venue that the big teams hate coming to because mm-hmm. for too long teams have enjoyed coming to Celtic Park because they've seen it as the easy points nights like tonight prove that hopefully going forward that's not going to be the case any longer It's going to be interesting to hear Brendan Rodgers' thoughts on the game uh, I'm pretty sure he'll be pretty disappointed with the outcome uh, Bob before kick off, you maybe take a draw at two each. You probably, sorry, you take a draw at two each. You probably take it, uh, but yeah, it still feels kind of bad, especially due to the score um, earlier in the group. And um, we've also got John Sweeney coming in, needed a left back in the summer, and it showed tonight. And why take Hugo off and bring on Forrest when we needed a winner? Um, oh, should have been on right. I'm going to pick up on the Taylor point. The, tonight isn't about negativity for me. But I think that when you're watching that equaliser, Kev, if you're going to look at the source of that issue, it's the fact that we don't close him down to, when he's making the cross. And the player who's guilty of that is Greg Taylor. 
Um, you, you watch it back time and time again. It's almost as if he hesitates. He, he knows he should be closing him down, but then he doesn't. He just stands his ground, but he allows the ball to be played in. Brilliant header, by the way. Um, unbelievable angle uh, to be able to header the ball with that part of your head and for it to loop in. But I just felt at that point, Taylor has to be stronger. He needs to be quicker. And he needs to make that decision and stick to it. He almost made the decision and backed out of it, Kev. Yeah, I think at first sight when I was watching it, I didn't really blame him that much because you can see that there's there's a guy further out wide. So Taylor's in, in a little bit of two minds. Uh, and I, I initially thought maybe Bernardo had gone into the, the tackle on Lorente. And because he misses it, he puts Taylor in a bit of an awkward position there. But when you do watch it back, like Taylor's got time to make up his mind. The way that Lorente is, he's never shaping to play it out wide. His intention is to put the ball in the middle. So I think Taylor does need to get out quicker and close the angle. But he does. He, he goes and then he hesitates and he backs off. And when you do that at this level, you know, you're just inviting trouble. And all these guys need is half a yard. It's a lovely ball that gets played in. You've got to admit it. You know, it's it's a great ball into the back post. I don't really think Carter Vickers can do much about it coming in. If he gets a touch in it, it's got to be perfect. Otherwise, he's diverting it in himself. And then I Morata to like head it in off the the backside of his head, pretty much, and loop it over the keeper. What can you do about that? Well, yeah. Taylor gets it quick and blocks across is maybe what you can do about that. Overall, though, I think Taylor had a pretty decent game. He was brilliant for the uh, second goal. I think, aye. So I think you can blame him for for their second goal, but you've got to remember he plays that defence splitting pass that sets up our second goal. He made countless interceptions, did a lot of the unflashy defensive work, did it fairly well. He's not the best left back in the world. We know that. He's he, it is an area that we could upgrade on, but I feel like he becomes a, an easy target at times and a soft target at times. Tonight he was, for the most part, fairly solid. It's just that you know when he makes a mistake, it generally does lead to a goal against. Thing is, Kevin, um, when people are talking about recruitment. You, you need to go beyond the transfer window that we've just witnessed because you need to go back to the transfer window where we signed uh, Bernabe and Segrist and then the one after that where we signed Kobayashi. These were three bad, bad transfers. These were three poor buys and they were they were bought in for positions that, you know, until this season we hadn't really um, signed a centre-half of the, the high enough quality. Uh, we needed it back then. We needed it when we signed Kobayashi. And not because we knew that Starfield was leaving. I don't think anybody knew that. But we needed backup at that stage and we didn't buy the quality. We needed either an upgrade or backup for Greg Taylor and we brought in Burnaby. We needed backup or an upgrade on... It was backup at the time, actually, for Joe Hart and we brought in Seagrass. That was three transfer windows ago and two transfer windows ago that those errors were made. And that, that, so I think the recruitment you know, is something that you need to question because if you think of... Palma and the impact that he's made on the European stage this season. Um, you think about the game that he played against Lazio, where he could have been the match winner, um, you know, if it wasn't for Maeda's shoelaces, and then he scores that goal tonight. If you've got another two or three players making that type of impact that, that Palma's made, 
then you go into these games and you might have a different outcome. And that's the frustration, of course. Um, on Shorty, what happened to We Never Stop? We don't play the same way. I think that was clear tonight. Kevin, we spoke about it at half time. Uh, we play within ourselves. And I actually, I'd like to hear Rogers' thoughts on, on the substitution because I, I'm not going to sit here and say that it was the wrong substitution. I do think that he was trying to shore the game up, you know, on 60 minutes by making a tactical switch with a view to doing something maybe in the last 10 minutes. Then they get their, their man sent off. But by that stage, we're just, you know, we're, we're absolutely um, running on empty at that point, unfortunately. Uh, Michael? Uh, I, I would say, I'd still say we didn't stop them. It's just we do it differently now. And, the, and, and that it's allows us to home. compete for 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it allows us to compete for the 90 minutes. We never stopped at, in Europe last season, lasted for 60, 70 minutes, and it was brilliant while it lasted. But we couldn't keep it going and we couldn't win the games. And now we can do our style for 90 minutes. So, yeah. You just got to re- reframe you the way you're thinking about not stopping. Aye, we need to re- rewire it. Michael, uh, 189, imagine how the Lazio in tonight's game could have gone if the club had actually given us a summer transfer window. We all knew we needed credit to the boys tonight. I, I would go one further, Michael. I think it's beyond the-, the transfer window that we had tonight. I think it goes into the the transfer windows last season as well. One final point, and I want everybody to leave their comments underneath the video. Give us your best descriptive term for Diego Simeone and leave them in the comment section just as personal Jesus has done. Thanks. Um, a solid 1,000. Actually, I hate changing and, and stopping the stream when we've got 1,200 people on live, Kev, and I can hear them, almost hear them shouting, well, don't cut it off then, just keep talking about Celtic. 1,200 live, fantastic. Thanks, everybody, for your um, continued commitment to Axom. Uh, we're involved in a few different things at the moment. Check out the socials because we've got a, a kit bag full of um, match one kit from the St. Rocks game. We're going to try and raise a few quid to throw into the pot for wee Jamie Tierney. If you want to come and watch us um, interviewing Mark O'Neill over the weekend and you're in the Dumfries or the Dundee area, there's a couple of tickets still available. Links underneath the video. Um, yeah, please let us know what you think of Diego Simeone after his performance this evening um, and leave the, the comment underneath the video. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved. And once again, thank you, Kevin uh, McCluskey, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.